Cool. Today's uh, message that I have is actually, uh, um, it's kind of different. In fact, I, um, I practiced it twice, um, but I, um, I haven't been worried at all because I think that this is the kind of message that I'm not worried about my delivery. Uh, there's a lot of messages like when you speak, like it's artistic in nature. Like when you sing, you want to make sure you hit certain notes in certain places. And when you speak, you kind of worry about your delivery. And today, I'm not, I don't care. Um, I don't care if, if this message comes off good. Does that make sense? I just kind of felt like I had something to share with you um, to remind you of the way the Lord feels about our church. And so this is a Christmas message. Not really. It's, it's more of a, a New Year's message. Um, it's more of a life-changing message. Um, and uh, I believe it's going to be a very Holy Spirit message. If you, if you would, in your, in your Bibles or on the screen, if you just want to read along, I'm reading in the NIV today in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And it starts off this way. It says, um, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. I, I, that, every year I read this. It's my favorite part of all this. Like, can you imagine just minding your own business and then like angels and God's glory shows up? Yeah, I'd be slightly petrified. <laughs> the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Right, because I'm doing that right now. <laughs> I bring you good news of great joy. I bring you good news of great joy. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Hmm. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ, the Messiah, the Lord. And uh, there will uh, be a sign to you, and you will find a baby wrapped in clothes lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared to the angel, praising God and saying, Glory in the highest and peace on earth to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them, they gone to heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary, and they found Joseph, and they found the baby, who was lying in a manger. And when they seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things, and she pondered them in her heart. I love that part. I feel like that part is so special. I don't know if you can set the tone, but Mary just had a baby. She understands that she had a baby. It was a miracle birth. And she understands that this baby is about to be special. She had an encounter with God who told her about this baby. She had a baby with God. <laughs> she knows that this baby is about to be special and she's holding this baby and some strangers show up. It says that they told these strangers, they told Mary and Joseph and all of these people, all who heard it, of the things that they saw. So I get the picture that there's actually more here than just what you see in the normal nativity scene. But anyways, they told everyone the things that they saw. They told Mary about these angels that showed up and how they got to hear heaven's choir standing around them and the glory of God open up. And Mary's sitting there holding this baby, 
and she's thinking about how precious this is. She's thinking about the life that this little kid's going to live. She's thinking about the great things that this little kid's going to do. Uh, this week, last week, I got to introduce you to a new member of our church. And uh, I'm pretty excited to introduce to you this week another new member of our church. And uh, it's pretty exciting. We're going to populate the earth, I think. Uh, anyone else having one next week? I don't know. But uh, this is Caitlin and Jeremy Poston. And Kate's been family of mine for years, I feel like. And so anyways, um, they had precious little Jaden uh, this week. And uh, he came in born at six pounds, four pounds, four pounds 10 ounces something. He was a bitty baby, and uh, I'm going to mess this up, but a uh, perfect little guy, and he's doing super well right now. Everything's great in his body. Everything's healthy, and we got to spend time with him yesterday, but we got to see another new member of our church, this little guy, and when I was thinking about this, I thought about Mary holding this, this little baby. This is what all moms do. You hold this kid, and you go, man, what a miracle. Those 10 little fingers, those perfect little toes. I mean, you could just eat them, right? They're just so perfect. And everything is just right. And you think about, man, the great things that this little person's going to do. The great things that they're going to do. I say that because somewhere along the line, we forget that someone said it over you one day. Man, the great things that you were going to do. The great things that you were going to do the great things that you were going to do. Well, it wasn't just your mom or a family member or a cousin or a stranger. Jesus actually said it. What I love is that Mary's pondering in her heart all the things that Jesus is going to do, how he's going to change the world, how great news would come to everyone because of the great things that he's going to do. And I think about that just even in my own life. There isn't I'm not good at many things, I, I do know, but I am, I'm good at loving Jesus. I do know that, that one day happened, the most significant day of my life was not the day that I met my wife, it wasn't when I had my first kid. If I can go back through the timeline of my life, the day that Christ came into my life was the most significant day of my life. It changed Everything. It changed the way that I talked, the language that I wanted to use and didn't want to use. It changed the way I carried myself and the way I thought of myself. First, God humbled me, and then he lifted me up. And I used to try to lift myself up and try to humble others, but man, it was so wonderful the way that God changed my DNA. But I say all that to say, Jesus was the greatest thing that's ever happened to me in my life, and Mary thought about the great things he was going to do, and she had no idea the thousands and thousands and millions of people that this little kid Jesus would affect. Well, years later, and Jesus is walking, and he says this crazy statement. You got to hear this. This is absurd to me. In John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus says this. Very truly, I tell you that whoever believes in me will do, will do, not might do, not could do. Do you see this? These are not my words. You have to understand, this is God's word, okay? So he is speaking this today over us. Very truly, 
I love it when he says stuff like that. Like, he's like, hey man, I gotta be honest with you. This is not a joke. Truly, I tell you that whoever, I am whoever. Are you whoever? Do you qualify to be whoever? Whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to my father. I gotta stop, man, for a second and think about where my life is going and where your life is going. When I think about these things, the great things that Jesus has done, it says that you'll do greater. Well, let me just stop then for a second and maybe as a church, we can just kind of collaborate for a second. Some of the greatest things that Jesus did. Would you, some of you help me maybe Give me a little shout out. What was some of your favorite miracles that Jesus did? And he raised someone from the dead. Yeah, the little, like, I like the story of the little, little boy. Man, can you imagine what that would have done to the family? Your kid, oh man, it'd be so dark and then so glorious. Anyone else? Someone, you got to help me. Is there a church? Anyone sleeping here today? Come on, man. We're at church on Sunday. Jesus fed 5,000 people. That's pretty freaky. Like, awesome. Jesus, we don't have enough. You, shut up, Jesus. Don't tell them we're going to feed them all. I think that's so cool. Walked on water. Yeah. Man, that'd be super cool. I didn't hear you. So, what is it? Yeah, man. The woman with the issue of blood, right? Anyone else? Glorious miracle. He healed the paralyzed man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he healed the paralyzed man. Pablo told that story a couple weeks ago. That was super cool. Man, that's great. What else? Someone else? When he calmed the storm. Yeah, man. Anyone else? Healing the lepers. I love stories like that because it makes it so crazy to know that no one wanted to touch those kinds of people. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes over and says, no, man, like, hug me. You know, like, I love the woman uh, caught in adultery. Just uh, the love where Jesus would be. The story of the woman at the well. The love that Jesus had. I mean, when we think about the kind of person he is, he, healing leprosy, feeding, feeding the, the, the food, the miracles, there was so much love in Christ. And I, I think some of the, the, the love, like the woman caught in adultery or the woman at the well or the woman with the issue of blood, and, uh, these stories where, 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 where Jesus would be so loving and so kind. If he was to be so bold and say, whoever believes in me, these things they will do and then they'll do even more. I say that because I, I think we've forgotten what God wants to do through us. We forgot about the potential of what's inside of us. You and of yourself aren't good enough to do something glorious, but him, Christ who lives in you can. And I think sometimes we kind of fall asleep at the wheel, forgetting that we're on the brink of doing something great, or at least we're called to. Because he said, whoever believes in me will do these things and more. And I just wonder when. 
And I, I think that it's gotten easy for some to realize that it's not going to happen. And we stopped trying. We stopped believing. We stopped pushing ourselves. And so what we do is we set other goals that are easier to obtain. Finances. Careers. Relationships. But what about the call of God that is on our lives to do something great on this side of eternity? Is there anything that is really more important than something significant that we would do that would be internal? Mary's holding this little precious baby in her hands and she's thinking about all the great things he's gonna do and he's getting older thinking about all the great things that Sam Hale's gonna do. All the things that Monet's gonna do. Heather is gonna do. Joyce we love watching you reach out to people and reach out to people. and re You don't ever stop giving. It's so wonderful. We stand on the brink of 2020 and I, I, we're standing on a new decade right now. Have the sight, have the vision, like 2020 vision is to be able to see clearly what does God want to see through your lives that you haven't seen recently. Does this make sense to anyone? Am I daring you to dream a little bit? I'm hoping I'm provoking you a little bit to realize, oh crap, there's more. Listen, some of you may not be aware of this, but Jared, in the most simplest form, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but plans to give you a hope and a future. Amen. The Lord has a plan for your life, and Jesus dreamed of it. He dreamed of the things that God would do through you. The way that you would love people that you don't know. The way you would give to people that you don't know. The same way that Jesus went out of his way and went to towns that he didn't need to go to to meet up with someone just so he can show them love and restore their hope in humanity and in God. I said all that to get you here. Joshua chapter three, the Lord began to put this on my heart. And uh, I'm thinking we're standing on the brink of, um, of 2020, almost as if like, what if, what if the great things that God wants to do are right ahead of us? Like, I don't care about the things that are behind me because I, I can't relive those moments. I can't go back and change what I didn't do. And I can't relive the moments where I was awesome. That's what we want to do. We want to define ourselves by what we did, but I want to define myself by where I'm going. And so Joshua is about to lead God's people into their promised land. If you're not familiar with the scripture, Moses, the people of Israel were slaves, and Moses approached Pharaoh and asked that they would be delivered from the bondage of slavery. Eventually, Pharaoh let them go, and Moses led them through the Red Sea, through it, onto the other side, where they began, they received the Ten Commandments from the Lord, and they learned the law, and they would travel on their way to their new home, which would be their promised land. It took them 40 years of them wandering through a desert for, them to, for God to lead them to this moment. Moses passed away, and the new man of God was about to lead the people into their promised land, and his name was jo Joshua. 
Joshua has this defining moment where he's standing on the other side of the Jordan River, their promised land. And he speaks, God speaks to him and he tells him to go and talk to his people. Now this is me kind of declaring what I believe is the word of the Lord for you today. He says, then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. These are already God's people. You need to know this. They already love God. They've already been following God and following Moses' commandments. They've already been doing everything that's in their heart to honor the Lord, but Joshua's like, hey, look, guys, tomorrow we're about to cross over this river. I need everyone in the house to hear. Everyone, purify your hearts. What does that look like to purify your hearts? Other translations would use the words like consecrate. Consecrate means this. It means to make holy and to dedicate to a higher purpose. Make yourself holy and to dedicate your lives for a higher purpose. Well, let me ask you, plain and simple. Two weeks from now, 2020 starts. What is the purpose of your life? Moses, or Joshua's looking at his people going, hey guys, we have to consecrate ourselves before the Lord. Make your life about a higher purpose. To make your life about a higher purpose and I'll do wonders among you. Well, the very next thing is, uh, then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. And in the morning, Joshua said to the priests, I want you to lift up the Ark of the Covenant and to lead the people across the river. And, and so they started out and they went ahead of the people. The Ark of the Covenant was a symbol of God's presence. And he told the priests, hey, listen, I want you to take God's spirit ahead of you. Take God's spirit ahead of you and God will do wonders among you. In our lives, it's so easy. Like we, we, we've prayed and prayed and prayed that we'd get this relationship and we got it and we forget what to do with it. We've prayed and prayed and prayed that we'd get these careers and we got them and we don't know what to do with it. We've prayed and prayed and prayed for us to have these children and we got them and we don't know what to do with it now. And it's all about remembering that if great things are going to happen, in my opinion, my humble opinion, the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life was Jesus. Well, now if anything great is going to happen next, we need the spirit of Christ to go ahead of us. I think that this is the difference. Listen, our church has been growing and it's been super cool. Like we've doubled We've seen a lot of people making decisions for Christ. Moses had this encounter with God. You may remember the, the one where he was standing on holy ground and he said to the Lord, God, if your spirit doesn't go with me, I don't want to leave from this place. Well, the people did consecrate their hearts. Everyone turned to the Lord and everyone began to worship and then the priests came and they lifted up the, the Ark of the, of the Covenant and they walked. And you know what happened? Super cool. I only thought that one time in Scripture did God part the waters, but he parted the Jordan River and they walked on dry land across the Jordan River. 
Spirit of God, man, pretty powerful stuff. You know how powerful it is, is that we've seen marriages this year put back together because marriages begin to pray together. Pretty awesome stuff. When we have multiple babies born this year that are absolute miracles because people are praying. Tracy said, I don't think that we could have had this baby this week if we didn't know that people were praying. Isn't that right, Trace? Listen, God's gonna keep doing great things among us. I know it, I know it, I know it. But I think as a church, this is the last time we can get together before the new year. I think this message is for the house. I don't wanna reach more people that the spirit of God doesn't go with us. And I think it's super imperative that we get our hearts right before the Lord. Now, let me time out here and tell you the next story. Well, they did actually go over the river and they did defeat Jericho, right? The, 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 the walls came tumbling down. They marched and I wish I can do it like, uh, what was that guy, Carmen? I can do it like, and the walls came tumbling down. That's a super Christian corny thing. Anyways, um, they... Um, Man, if we could take that right out of the podcast, Rich, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. <laughs> well, they, they, they defeated Jericho, and they would go on to defeat multiple places to claim God's promised land. Well, the very next town they went to was a small town called Ai. This happens in Joshua <laughs> chapter 7. And what happens is the people of God are so ready, man. They just conquered this great land with massive walls that they could ride chariots on, and they're about to to go and take out this little city and they send the spies ahead and they say, how big of an army we need? Ah, you don't need that many. Tell everyone to sleep in this morning, man. We got this. Just take a couple thousand people. Like, oh, you know, we'll send 3,000 just in case and uh, we'll take them out. Well, they got their butts handed to them and they lost this war. And they lost this war mostly because there was sin. They came back into the camp. So when I say, hey guys, consecrate yourself, it's so easy for us to use like these Christian terms and we're like, yeah, yeah, I got that. Consecrate yourself. You mean just sing louder, check. No, I don't mean sing louder. I mean like, let's make our lives, the only thing that matters in our life is Jesus and God's will coming to pass in our life. If you want to see great things, if you want to see greater things than Jesus did, we're going to have to live lives worthy of the calling that which we were called. And what I know, that I know, that I know, I've been at this thing for a while, and in my own life, I love Jesus with all my heart, and sometimes I love Jesus with all my heart, and I love unforgiveness, and I love pride, and I love lust, or I love greed, and I love things that make me feel good. And if it happens in me, I know it's happening in you. And what's so important that we understand is our church can quadruple in size. We can get larger houses and larger families and more money. And miss the point of what Jesus dreamt for our lives. Sometimes I realize that the dream that I'm dreaming may not be God's. And I think it's so cool to think about 2020 and think about what it would look like if I had God's vision. I'm not trying to be corny. Like this isn't like a, a new tagline, you know, like a new Twitter feed. I'm sure it will be someone's Twitter feed. But, um, but what does God want to see in my life in this next decade? 
What does he want me to dream? How does he want me to love? How does he want me to reach? There's more important things going on than working the nine to five tomorrow. So Jesus said, whosoever believe in me, greater things he will do because I go to my father. Mary thought about Jesus. She held him in her hands and she said, man, I, the great things he's going to do. And I think about that. I just think it's so weird that Jesus would think, Mary's going to think about the great things that Jesus is going to do and Jesus is thinking about the great things that Christine's going to do. Angel's going to do. Adam's going to do. Like, did we stop dreaming? Do you still fight for signs and wonders in your life? Do you still fight for a radical love that you can help someone who's broken? It just seems like we're so busy doing stuff that's really not meaningful. I promise, 30 years from now, lying on our deathbed, we're 60, we're not going to go, man, I wish I, I was on Facebook just a little bit more. <laughs> I wish I just got a little bit more Instagram in my life. No, you're going to be, I wish I lived a life that God called me to live with my family, with my friends, that I, I was intentional about the relationships that I built and all the other stuff, doesn't matter. 